Coming up on Locked on Rams, everything you need to know about the NFC champion Los Angeles Rams and the win against the San Francisco 49ers and the upcoming Super Bowl 56. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. Make sure that you find our Locked On Rams YouTube channel as well. We got so many things to get to on this edition of Locked On Rams. My name is Travis Rogers. I host the Rams pregame show and half time show and postgame show. Have since the Rams came back to Los Angeles. And what a show tonight at SoFi Stadium. Let's start with this. Let, let's start with the fact that the Rams are back in the Super Bowl for the second time in four years, the second time in Sean McVay's career as a head coach of the Rams, his five years here in Los Angeles, and how we got here. This is an extraordinary buy-in from a team that went all in this offseason. There, there was no plan B. There was no option to, well, if this doesn't work, then we can try that, right? This was a plan that had you set up for nothing other than a run to the Super Bowl. And that is exactly where the Rams are after taking care of business yesterday at SoFi. Make sure that you check us out on Twitter, at Travis Rogers as well. All sorts of Rams uh, tweets going on in there. And and look, that's part of what I want to get into today. You tell me, Rams fans, how are you feeling about that game at the beginning? How are you feeling about that game at about halfway through the second quarter? How are you feeling about that game at halftime, halfway through the third quarter? Because as I was sitting in the press box at SoFi Stadium, the range of emotions that went through me, and really it started even before the game had kicked off. I got there very early today um, on Sunday afternoon, and it was exactly like it was in week 18. You park the car, you start making your way to SoFi Stadium, and it is a sea of red. There are 49ers jerseys everywhere just like it was in week 18. They're fired up. They're feeling really good about the fact that they've won six games in a row. They've got an opportunity to make it seven. They've got an opportunity to play a Super Bowl in the Rams' home field. All of the opportunities that are there for them to say, yeah, we've got we, we've got your number. We talked about it on Lockdown Rams last week. Is Kyle Shanahan in Sean McVay's head? Well, maybe less so today than he was uh, a few days ago. That is for sure. But you go into the game. There, It's about the same split of fans as it was last time. Maybe it's 60-40, somewhere thereabouts. Now, the Rams fans that were there, they were loud, and they were fired up, and they were a big part of the game. When they got some stops late in the game in the fourth quarter, you could definitely tell that the crowd had a lot to do with that. But this was a game that felt terribly similar to what we saw in Week 18 where the Rams had ample opportunities. In the Week 18 game, they're ahead 17 to nothing at one point. In this game, they should have been ahead 21 to 7. Now, they weren't. They were behind 10 to 7 at the end of the first half. But all of the mistakes that the Rams had, both in the first half and beyond, I don't know if this is a team of destiny. I don't know if this is just how these things go, that you're going to have to catch a couple of breaks. You're going to have to come uh, overcome a couple of moments of adversity along the way. But the Rams came back from the following items. Not one, but two different touchdown passes are dropped in the first half. Cooper Cup, who's probably the most sure-handed guy in the league, 
just flat out drops one. He's going across left to right. Matthew Stafford throws him a perfect pass. It's on stride, on time, on target, and he's got a good five yards of a separation from his nearest defender. He's going to beat who's ever chasing him to that far right corner for a touchdown. And if not, it's going to be really close. You're probably inside the five. I really do think he gets in. The second he let it go, sitting up where you're sitting, you can see it coming. You can absolutely see it coming. This okay. He's he's got this. He's going to go in. This is going to be fourteen to nothing, and you can start feeling pretty good about what you're seeing. He drops the ball. Balls on the deck, and you think, oh, Craig. You know, if Cooper Cup is dropping balls, what sort of opportunities are the Rams going to have if he's not the one that's going to turn into big plays? So that's going on. Fast forward a couple of plays later. Rams run a play, Ben Skoranek, who is not one of their main guys, right? We're talking Cooper Cup, we're talking OBJ, we're talking Van Jefferson, we're talking Tyler Higby. These are the guys that are typically making some plays in the passing game. Ben Skoranek gets wide open in the end zone. Now, the throw to him was not perfect. It was also not bad. It was somewhere in the pretty good, good enough range, right? Hits him in the hands. Not an easy catch, to be sure, but a catch that I would be willing to bet that he thought he should have made that everybody on the Rams sidelines thought he was going to make it bounce off of his hands, and there goes another touchdown. Same drive as the Cooper Cup one, so it's not like it's a second touchdown, but it's a second drop pass that should have resulted in a touchdown. Now you've got a kick uh, from Matt Gay at one point in the first half. Matt Gay, who has been lights out for this team, right up until he missed that 47-yarder against Tampa that was short, and he kind of, oh, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe we're back in that let's see what happens range with him. He misses, and now it's a long field goal. It's not a little chip shot, but instead of the Rams having a touchdown lead or a 10-point lead or a two-touchdown lead, they're tied, and, and and nothing has gone right. We haven't even talked about the, the interception that Matthew Stafford has. The Rams had three and out on their first drive. They get it back the second time. They're moving, and they're moving, and they get down. They're inside the 10-yard line again. They're in a goal-to-go situation, and it's third down. Cooper Cup cuts across the middle. Matthew Stafford tries to whistle it in there. Ball gets broken up. It pops in the air, lands in Jimmy Ward's hands. Interception in the end zone again. In the red zone. Jimmy Ward, again. Jimmy Ward had three interceptions this year, all three of them against Matthew Stafford. So I don't know what that means. I just know that I'm tired of seeing Jimmy Ward with the ball when it started with the Rams on the same possession. There's another opportunity. That was at least three points in your back pocket. Instead, you get none. And now, what's going on? Nothing seems to be going your way. Sean McVay in the second half has a weird moment where he decides on third and one, running back never touches the ball you try a quick little screen pass all of a sudden a little out to cooper cup it doesn't connect now you're fourth and one you try to sneak it with matthew stafford he doesn't quite get there then on top of that not only do you run back-to-back plays where your running back never touches the ball on on third and short and fourth and short now we're going to challenge that you're going to challenge the spot look i'm sitting up in the press box and i'm looking at this and at first blush i thought he had it and then you look at the replay, you're like, no, that's he didn't, he doesn't have it. And really, he's a good half yard short of even getting closer. Even on that second effort, there certainly wasn't anything that led you to believe that, oh, he clearly got the first down. Sean McVay is kind of not only doubling down, maybe tripling down in that situation to go for it again to try to get that. Now, nope, not going to happen. Timeout goes off the board. There's another challenge late in the game. It doesn't go the Rams' way. Another timeout off the board. All of these things stacking up, all of these things that lead you to believe, the Niner fans going crazy inside SoFi Stadium, everything that's setting you up to think it's not meant to be, and then they drop three scoring drives in a row. 
that's how you know you have a special team. That's how you know you have a group of guys that are truly believers in what it is that their coach is selling them and what it is that they're doing every single time. Because there were multiple events, multiple moments in that game where a team less than the championship pedigree that the Rams have would have rolled. They would have said, it's not our day. It's not our time. It's not meant to be. And they didn't do that. They were extraordinary when they had to be, in particular in the fourth quarter. They get the three. They get the touchdown. They get the pair of field goals. And the final drive, again, I'll say it again about Matthew Stafford. This is something that they have been so good at. This is why they went and got him. End game situations where you can take some shots, where you can take some opportunities. Rams fans, you know this. When Jared Goff would drop back at the end of games, especially when they were behind, what's going through your head? Nothing good, right? You're thinking, okay, let's hope that this doesn't go to the wrong way. Let's hope that he doesn't take a sack. Let's hope he doesn't hold the ball too long. And this is the opposite of that. This is, let's see what he's going to do. He's going to make a good throw. Now, he got a little bit of a break, right? We saw Jaquaski Tart have an opportunity to intercept that ball on that drive right there. That ball gets picked off, game probably over. Game's probably over. The Rams season is probably over. The 49ers win the seventh time in a row. They're coming back in a couple of weeks to take in the Bengals in Super Bowl 56. But that's not how it went. The ball does hit the deck. Matthew Stafford takes that opportunity, sets him up to go down and win the game. Ultimately, 30-yard field goal from Matt Gay with just a, a little bit over a minute and a half remaining. And this time, the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo not able to do what they were able to do in Week 18. All right. Coming up next, I want to get into what the Rams showed tonight that we haven't seen a ton along the way, but it's absolutely going to be important for them to go find a way to win the Super Bowl. That's coming up in just a little bit. But look, we're still in January for a couple of more days, right? Are you still holding on to that New Year's resolution? Are you still trying to make better decisions with your food? Make sure that you eat things that are a little bit better. Built Bar, make sure that you put Built Bar in part of your new 2022 plan. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even a little bit better than that. And it makes it easy, right? What's the hard part about these resolutions? It's sticking to them because you don't want to eat this. You don't want to go work out that. That's not what Built Bar is about. It makes it easy to stick to your resolution because it tastes good. You're going to want to eat it. You're not going to have, oh, man, I eat this. No, you're going to want to eat it. You want to eat healthy. But it's difficult, not with Built Bar, right? You just can keep eating these things because they taste so good. 130 calories, 4 grams of net sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. You know what all that means, right? It's all the good stuff, not nearly as much of the bad stuff. You're ready to go. So go to all your spots, all the places where you keep all your snacks and the bad things. Get rid of that. Put the Built Bar in there. You're going to count it as a workout practically. That's how good it's going to make you feel. Tons of flavors, coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, all the things that you know and love. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off of your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, thanks again for making Locked on Rams your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. And of course, you're going to want to check out our YouTube channel, Locked on Rams, as well. My name is Travis Rogers. You can follow me under that name on Twitter, at Travis Rogers. All right, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about something that the Rams showed in abundance tonight. I thought it was in there, but we hadn't seen it and certainly hadn't had to see it over the last couple of games in the regular season, certainly a little bit towards the end of Tampa, but this was kind of that gut check moment. 
And I'm talking about the heart that a championship team is going to have to display at at least one point during the season and at least one point during the regular season. There's two moments, I think, that you can talk about that this team season changed in the moment. Let's go back to when the Rams were 7-1. and one. Right, the Rams are seven and one. Everything's good with the world. Matthew Stafford's an MVP candidate. The Rams have one of the best records in the NFL. Everything feels pretty good, right? Then November happens, and the team looks bad. You lose three games in a row. Not only do you lose three games in a row, but you lose three games in a row decisively. You get steamrolled by the 49ers, by the Tennessee Titans, and the Green Bay Packers, right? We see that happen, and all of a sudden it's, well, maybe it wasn't Jared Goff. Well, maybe this isn't a championship-caliber team. Maybe this is a team that needs to have a a total overhaul. Whatever it might have been, it was not going good. And thank goodness to start November, excuse me, December, the Jacksonville Jaguars come into town. Never has there been a better time to play the Jacksonville Jaguars than after you are on a three-game losing streak and everybody's starting to question what's going on with this football team. They take care of business. What happens after that? Moment number one where I think this team really displayed a great deal of heart, a great deal of just competitive greatness along the way. Remember that game, Monday Night Football against the Arizona Cardinals. What happened about five hours before the kickoff of that game? The Rams found out that they were going to miss four starters because of COVID protocol. They were also going to miss Brian Allen because of an injury. So they're down five starters, and they find out literally hours before the game. This is going to put yourself in this mind frame. This was when Arizona was one of the best teams in the league. This was when Arizona was the number one seed in the NFC. This was when the Rams were thinking, we just have to find a way to win some games to get into the playoffs as opposed to any idea of winning this division outright. And you're going on the road, Monday Night Football, Kyler Murray's playing well, and you're going up against a team that handed you reasonably easily. They were the one team that in that 7-1 and one run that had found a way to beat you. And you go in there and you put it on them. And that was the moment where he said, okay, this group may be a little bit different than just a good team. This may be a special team. Only special teams find moments like that. When they, when everybody in the world is expecting this to go one way, when there's a ton of reasons it should go the way that people think it's going to go, you find a way to make it go the other way. That was the moment for the Rams. The rest of November, excuse me, December was very, very productive with the exception of Week 18 where they let it go against San Francisco. They go through the playoffs, the first game against Arizona, a relatively comfortable win in the wild card round. You get up to a big lead against Tampa in the divisional round. You bleed the whole thing out, and then you win it at the end because your quarterback and your wide receiver in Cooper Cup are just absolutely extraordinary. Today, nothing was working. They were able to move the ball a little bit, but like all the mistakes we talked about there in the early part of the pod, they kept stacking up. You kept thinking that a challenge doesn't go your way. Um, there was no calls that you felt like, okay, we caught a little bit of a break here or there. Everything that was going to go wrong could have gone wrong, and the Rams never once lost faith. Because here, here, here's the truth. You're looking at Twitter the way I look at Twitter during football games. Rams fans were not feeling it, or at least a, a significant portion of them. The vibe inside of SoFi Stadium was as weird of a vibe as I've ever seen at an NFL game. A, because the visiting team had a, a very healthy representation of fans. And B, it was there, there was a lot of 
sense of what's going to happen next. Why does this always go this way against these guys? Debo Samuel, a couple of big plays. Uh, George Kittle with a touchdown catch. They're just the guys that have been thorn in your sides. Armstead and Bosa doing what they do on the defensive side. The Rams could get nothing going on the ground in the second half. This is a problem that they've had against San Francisco for years and years and years. And what did they do? They kept to the plan. They kept executing. They let the crowd get back into the game. They gave them something to cheer about. They gave them things to get excited about. They flipped the crowd. And again, it sounds so bizarre to say it because it was a Rams home game, but all of a sudden, a home field advantage that was 50-50 at best going into this, in the fourth quarter, it really did swing the Rams' way. It really did feel like the Rams were playing in SoFi Stadium with Rams fans, and it was a real palpable thing. And it's usually the the fans that can kind of lift the team along the way. This was the opposite of it. This was a team that had kind of a dead feeling in the building. If maybe not a dead feeling, certainly a um, a pessimistic feeling. Like here we go again, and they found a way to get it done. They found a way to win a game that they were behind late in the fourth quarter. They had not scored since early in the game. They get shut out in the third quarter. They can't get anything going offensively, and they showed an unbelievable amount of heart, an unbelievable amount of faith in one another, and Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller and Matthew Stafford and OBJ and Cooper Cup and all of these guys that are stars in this league played like it in the fourth quarter. There's a lot of guys that are stars. There's a lot of guys that have a good game here and you have a good game on a Monday night football game, Sunday night or whatever. But to have all of your very best players play like it in an NFC championship game like the Rams did today, just an extraordinary performance, an extraordinary job by Sean McVay. And the Rams are back in the Super Bowl for the second time in four years, the second time in five years as Sean McVay uh, has been the head coach of this team. Just a remarkable accomplishment from him. Okay, so we talked about a lot of the stars. Let's talk about some of the other guys coming up here next who maybe are not on the tip of your tongue that were a big part about why the Rams are going back to the Super Bowl again. But first, let me tell you about Get Upside. You drive a car, right? You put gas in that car, right? If you're a Rams fan like me, you need to get on board with GetUpside. It's an incredible app for anybody that buys gas. Here's what you do. You get the GetUpside app on your phone, Google Play Store, the App Store, wherever it is, and you get cash back for every gallon of gas you put in the car. Every time you fill up, you're going to get cash back. You download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more off of your first fill-up cash back. You will never have to play full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Download the app for free. Don't forget the promo code TOUCHDOWN on that GetUpside act. Anybody that is driving a car in and around LA, you know how much time we spend in our cars. You know how important it is to try to save a few bucks while you're doing that. Some people who drive a lot, they're making as much as two or 300 bucks a year in cash back. No catch. The money gets put right back into your account. You can download anytime to your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card, Amazon, any way you want to do it, but you got to put the app on your phone. Get upside use the promo code touchdown to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank all right so let's talk a little bit about some of the guys that are not the biggest names i mean it's matthew stafford has 31 out of 45 for 337 yards a couple of touchdowns obviously we're going to talk about it cam Akers, pretty quiet game for him 13 carries 48 yards cooper cup 
Another extraordinary performance from him. 11 catches, 142 yards, and two touchdowns. The only thing more ridiculous than Cooper Cup putting up the numbers that he did and contend really has done all season long is that we've gotten to a point where it almost feels customary, where this is the expectation, that the expectation is, I don't know, catch eight, ten passes, score a touchdown or two, go go for 100 yards or so, 125, maybe if you have a, a air quotes slow night, maybe somewhere in the 90s, and he did it all over again, including a huge catch on third and three on that final drive that was extraordinary. We saw uh, Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller in the backfield on the very last play of the game that ends up uh, with an interception from Traven Howard to, to kind of close the show. Again, star players playing like star players, and that's incredibly important. But the Rams had a few guys today that I thought did a very, very good job. Let's start with the backup tight end, Kendall Blanton. Tyler Higby got hurt very early in the game. He never came back in, and the Rams' depth at tight end is virtually non-existent. It's Tyler Higby, it's Kendall Blanton, and then you or me or anybody else that maybe wanted to go down there and give it a shot. Kendall Blanton, this, this goes back to something we talked about on Lockdown Rams last week, right? When he scored the first touchdown of the game against the Tampa Bay Bucks, it was his first touchdown pass of the season, only his fifth reception of the season. And you're thinking, okay, that's just kind of a, a one-off deal. It's certainly not a guy that you're going to you know, game plan for, certainly not a guy that you're expecting to get massive production from. Well, don't look now, but Kendall Blanton gave you a real real tight end performance tonight five catches for 57 yards maybe that's not Travis Kelsey kind of numbers but what it was is it kept it moving all of a sudden if you have a guy that you have to defend like they had to defend Kendall Blanton you do you you can't put that extra guy on Cooper Cup you can't put that extra guy on Odell Beckham Jr. and to come in there with literally no backup had he gone down maybe an offensive lineman goes in there maybe Ben Skoranek tries to take a couple of snaps at tight end who knows? He did not come off the field really the rest of the day. Just an unbelievable performance from him to be able to do what he did in that game with really no prep. I mean, you figure he's going to play a handful of snaps here or there, but Tyler Higgins going to be the guy. One of the keys to the game we talked about coming into this was the space in the middle of the field and how Tyler Higby was probably the guy that was best suited to take advantage of that. And now all of a sudden, he's not available, and you've got a backup in there the way that you did in Kendall Blanton, and he stepped up and did a very good job. So good a job, in fact, that you even had an opportunity to run a little bit of a trick play with him involved in it. I mean, that's not something that I think anybody coming in thought was a possibility. So congratulations to him for stepping up in a very big moment because coming up in, in Super Bowl 56, we know how these goes. It, it's exactly like what happened today where your stars need to be your stars. You're going to have to get a performance from somebody that you aren't expecting. You're going to have to get a big day from maybe somebody that's uh, you know a, a, a character actor, to use a Hollywood term along the way. It's not your leading man. It's not the Hollywood starlet. It's somebody that's playing the the sister or or the kid brother or whatever that steps in and does it the way that Kendall Blanton did. So good job on him. Um, I don't know if this qualifies as a supporting player because he might be one of the biggest stars in the league. But Odell Beckham Jr. picked a very good time to have his best performance as a Ram. Nine catches, 113 yards, and a couple of very, very tough plays along the way. You know, let, let's let's stick with him for half a second because as good as he was and as good as those numbers are that I just mentioned, there were so many things talked about with OBJ when he was in New York, with the Giants, when he was in Cleveland, with the Browns. 
and you hear them enough and you just kind of start to believe them to be true. Since he's come over here, he has been A, fantastic, but B, here's what I did not know about him. And maybe it was they didn't see a ton of Browns games and because they didn't throw him the ball very often in Cleveland. And the way that it ended in New York certainly left you with a bad taste in your mouth. That dude is strong. I'm not just talking about like phys- I mean, just a strong football. You do not move him off the spot. You watch that ball come in there. Even when Matt Matt Stafford has to rifle the ball in there, coming in there with some, you know, Clayton Kershaw level velocity, all of a sudden that ball just just pops, sticks right in his hands. Just an extraordinary performance by him tonight. And if this is how this graph continues to go, if this is what he looks like in the NFC Championship game after playing pretty well in the earlier playoff games, after playing well at the end of the season for the Rams, after getting off to a little bit of a slow start when he first came in, what's the Super Bowl going to look like? I don't know, but I'm pretty excited to see it because he was absolutely fantastic as well. Let's go to our final kind of unsung guy of the night. If I said to you, who do you think led the Rams in tackles tonight? How many names are you going to go to before you land on Eric Weddle? Because he did. Eric Weddle had nine tackles for the Rams. Yes, the same Eric Weddle that was playing video games or, or doing whatever it is people do when you aren't playing safety in the NFL. Just a, a, an unbelievable performance by him as well. And, and this is why it really does start to feel like the Rams are on to a little bit of something. Like the Rams maybe might be that team that this is their year. Because even when bad things happen, right? Taylor Rapp gets a a concussion and he's unavailable. Jordan Fuller has to go down and he's unavailable for the rest of the year. And this is already a position group where maybe they've been struggling a little bit along the way. And you just make a call. And really, there's no other word for it other than desperation. Hey, um... You've been hitting the Stairmaster. You've been, you know, have you been laying off the chocolate chip cookies for the last couple of years? Because we might need you for a month or so. And Weddle says, yeah, sure, let's go do it. And not only did he do it, not only is he standing there with his uniform on and and looking the part, and maybe he's over there cheering along and he could be kind of like a coach on the sidelines and no, no, you need to be over here. When Jalen does this, you need to do that. He's out there doing it. And it just was really remarkable that Eric Weddle, who has not played football for two years, is all of a sudden the leading tackler on your team in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, if you had that one, you probably had the uh, the Bengals in the Super Bowl as well. So those are the three guys that kind of jump out at you as well. Um, a whole bunch of other things. we got an incredible week ahead of us here on Locked on Rams to get into as much of this as we can. Coming up tomorrow, I want to talk about how much better prepared Sean McVay might be for this Super Bowl run than he was back in Super Bowl 53 just a couple of years ago. Thanks again for making Locked on Rams your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. Don't forget to make your second listen, Locked on Bets. It's hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis from Lee Sterling. Until next time, whose house? It is the NFC champion Los Angeles Rams Locked on House.